you could please pray the words, Come, Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, King of the universe, for whom nothing is impossible, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit anew upon each single person here, especially to know the power of the cross, the power of reconciliation, the power of the resurrection. Please remove all distractions, anything that is not of God from anybody here and myself, so that the gospel may be proclaimed with great hope. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name, who is Lord and Savior forever and ever. Amen. There once was a family that was extremely disordered. And this particular family, it was very normal at the dinner table for plates to literally fly across the room. The mother of the, of the child was an alcoholic, and the dad was physically and verbally abusive. After years and years and years of this going on, the child, as they grew older, got involved in every single thing they could to avoid being home. That meant getting involved in extracurricular activities, getting involved in sports, getting involved in band and choir and acting, anything that the child could do to get out of the house as soon as possible and return as late as possible. In that home, it was very normal for that child to feel as if they were walking on eggshells. And every once in a while, that child would go up to, their home, up to their room and they'd sometimes hear the family across the street. There's a dad there always telling his kids how much he loved them, playing with them, throwing them up and catching them. And the mother would cook and bake and would help the kids as much as she could. And anytime the child heard that, they would put the window down and put the blinds down. But one day, when the parents were gone, and the child was up in their room. The child heard this at the door. Went downstairs, went to the door, and it was the dad from across the street. And he said, hey, do you want to come live with us? The child doesn't even pack and just runs with the dad across the street. That's what happened at our baptism, guys. When we were baptized, we were transferred, as St. Paul says, we were transferred into the kingdom of being a beloved son or beloved daughter. We hear in, in St. Paul's letter to the Colossians today that Jesus delivered us from the power of darkness, that, that house of darkness, that house of, of horror, of self-hatred, self-condemnation. Through our baptism, Jesus transferred us. He our, our passport says child of death, child of hell, you name it. But now it says child of God. And that's what Jesus has done. That's what his kingdom has come to do. We, you know, we pray so often, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But we know that through that kingdom, we get an identity. But the thing is, that, that's so hard for a lot of us, is that you can't earn it. It's his free gift to you. The thing is, for a lot of us also, is there's always a temptation to go back to the house of death, to go back to the house of worthlessness or the house of shame. Um, but no matter what, once you're baptized, your identity is claimed. And we live in a world that's so confused about what it means to be human, what it means to be a man or a woman. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is no confusion. 
You're either a beloved son or a beloved daughter. And again, you can't earn that, which sounds so hard for the American because we do everything by, by our bootstraps, right? We do everything because we've earned it. We've put the work in, ergo I get the grade, ergo I get the, the body or whatever. But this one is different. It's his gift to you. And so often we have this, we have to really like look at this. It's, it's like really looking at, like, have you acknowledged that it's time to transfer? It's time to transfer and, and live in that. And that's the beauty of baptism. And it's also the beauty of confession. Because when you and I go to confession, we're not going out of fear. And if we're going out of fear, we're not going with an understanding of, of the house, of the family that we belong to. When we go to confession, we, we, we just, we, like, Dad, I'm sorry for what my sin has done to your son. And he forgives us. And then we're called to forgive ourselves and forgive others. But then the mission of us becomes being known to the Father by name. The mission becomes, if you're living in the house of the Father, if you're living with that family, then the thing is we have to go get people who are living in that house of hell, living in that house of death. And it's so important for us to come to see one another as sons and daughters, right? But if we, we see each other as sons and daughters, that also means that we're all brothers and sisters. And until we, we get there, until we get there, and we're fully living in, in the house of, of the Lord, and we see each other as family, we're missing so much of the gospel. We're missing so much of the power of what Jesus calls, through St. Paul, redemption. Like the Lord can take something so broken, so broken, and he can redeem it. He can liberate it. There's nothing there. And also he can forgive sins. I think sometimes, you know, we, we, we have one foot in the house of, of death and one foot, one foot in the house of the Lord. And we're kind of like, can you really forgive that, Lord? Today we celebrate Christ, Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Like our God created a universe that's 90 plus billion light years across I think sometimes we think, I, I, I don't know if he has the power to do it. Like, I, I don't think we understand who the Lord is, if that's our perception. Like, our God has conquered powers of sin and death that you and I can't compete against. And those powers are, are extremely powerful because, you know, you and I probably have done things that we knew were wrong. We didn't want to do, and we do it anyways. And the, the reason why we did it anyways is because the power of sin is more powerful than you and I can compete against, Right? Or as I say often on campus is when someone says to me, oh, Father, I don't, I don't think that, that drinking is a big deal or I don't think immodesty is a big deal or being impure is a big deal. And my question always back is, okay, then just stop. The question is, why can't we? It's because sin is a power. But our God has gone to war. Our God is a warrior. Jesus is a warrior king. But he does it through humility. He doesn't fight the way that the world fights. The world's is, you know, might makes right, or you, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back worse. No, our Lord, he, he goes below us. We see different times as he comes to us in the scriptures, he says, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. But so often we have to ask ourselves, I think just even at a very human level, that's usually where we go wrong. You know, we, we spend so much time with what in our hands, right? Our phones. And that's oft, often where we slide back into that house of death and we're not living under his reign. We're not living under his 
authority, his power. And then we start putting the window down. We start putting the blind down. It's almost like, I don't, I don't want to acknowledge that you exist, that you have a better life for me. I, I try to shut him out because I think I'm, I'm not good enough or I'm too far gone or my sins are too big. And then even worse, what happens is sometimes we start walking around like zombies. Not here, of course, but like, you know, you in Madison. I've heard sometimes I come to mass and the, the, the priest says, who lives and reigns forever and ever. And everyone's like, oh, amen. <laughs> like we just said that God lives and he reigns. And he comes with this, with this kingdom of angels and saints to redeem all who are lost. And if we're not living in the right house or even owning our identity as a beloved son or beloved daughter, it's kind of a yawner, right? You know, we say again, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And even in mass, we say for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. And sometimes it's like, oh, the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Those are war words. And the Lord doesn't want you to be a zombie. He wants you to be a son or a daughter who's on fire with his love. And the thing is, when we, even when you come into a church or you come into the Newman Center, like it's a step in the right direction. But also when you sign yourself with, with holy water, it's saying I'm a son or a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. And it almost sounds like too simple to do, but again, the gospel is not meant to complicate our lives. The gospel is meant to simplify and streamline everything we do. And sometimes, you know, it's just so hard because we live in, with so much noise. We can't even hear, hear the knock. But when we spend more time in silence, often what I found out is, is the Lord speaks very loudly. But so does the evil one. It's almost like there's a tug of war for, for our souls, but especially for our ears and for our eyes. Like, what do we listen to or who do we listen to? There's always an invitation, you know, to, to be with the humble one, the humble king. Our God, our God is so humble, like he's going to make himself present on this altar in just a moment. The God of the universe. Like, that should, that should like, blow our minds that we can actually receive him. But I think often what we're like is we're like the good thief on the cross where we're praying and we're like, look, could you, could you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Could you remember me? But Jesus doesn't want to just remember you. He, 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 he wants you to have an intimate relationship with you. Notice how he says in response to that request, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Like the Lord wants to be with you today. He doesn't want you just to be an afterthought, nor does he want to be an afterthought. And the king of the universe, again, he's so humble. And we, and we can be with him anytime we want to in front of a tabernacle or an adoration. And it's through that, that time with him, we understand that we've been transferred and that we're loved. And he's waiting for us at all times to know that we, believe in, we live in a kingdom of sons and daughters. But also, then we're called, once we're, we're solidified and healed in our identity, then we're called to go get others. Because when we look across the street, if we're in the right house, like we don't want to see our, our siblings. We don't want to see anybody suffering. And that's often what we see so much today. You've heard it said that hurt people hurt people and healed people healed people, but rescued people rescue people. And there's such a need for us to rescue those who feel like they are too far gone, those who feel like reconciliation isn't even possible. You know, as we head into... This upcoming week, you know, it's Thanksgiving, right? And we have so much to be grateful for. 
But even noticing how Black Friday has crept into Thanksgiving, sometimes families start saying, oh, I have to go to Walmart because Black Friday sale starts at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving. It's not just that is Jesus your king today, but will he be your king every day? And the thing is, his throne is not a chair. His throne is a cross, always to show you how much he loves you. And it's, again, not to make you feel worse, but it should, it should drop your jaw, it should drop my jaw at how much he loves us. But often what's going to help us hear him is, again, frequenting the sacrament of reconciliation. St. Paul ends by saying, For in him the fullness was pleased to dwell, as through, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. What does that mean? To be reconciled is to be back face to face with the Father. And the Father's not ashamed of you. Like he loves it when you go to his son to go to confession. He loves it when you go to his son and spend time with him in the Blessed Sacrament. He loves it when you aren't afraid to ask for help. To say, I, I don't even know how to walk across the street <laughs> to go to the right place. It's often that our pride gets in the way, but the thing is, when you know what, what you're also what your worth is, what your value is, it changes everything. Like your value is more valuable than all of the gold and silver and materialism in the world. Your value, my value, is the blood of Jesus. That's our value. We live in a world that wants to put value on little babies, right? To abort them. We live in a, a, a place that wants to do euthanasia and wants to put a price tag on life. But again, there is no price tag on life because it's the blood of Jesus. And this Jesus, he's a warrior. But he also wants us to fight alongside him. This week, the challenge is to spend time each morning, right when you wake up, to say the first thing to say is, I am a child of God. And before you go to bed, to be, let those be the last words that you say in your, in your mouth. I am a child of God. And through repetition, through much prayer, eventually that will sink into your heart, and what you'll have is peace. And I don't know one person here who doesn't want more peace in their life. Again, that might sound too easy, but it's not too easy, it's the gospel. Any reservation you might have or any fears you might have, what the Lord asks us to do is to place that on the altar and transform it. So as the priest calls down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine, and it's transformed into his body and blood, we should be placing ourselves saying, Lord, transform me, and also transfer me. If you want out, all you have to do is open the door. And he just says to each of you tonight by name, hey, do you want to come live with me? I hope your answer is yes. But not just today, but forever. And when you get just loved down by the family of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then he's going to start calling you out to go get more. And with his grace, you can do that. So we take a moment to pause and just to be real 
with who God is in our life? Do we realize that the kingdom of God is at hand? And also, what do I reach for first that's not him? I'm not pointing fingers anyway. I, I know myself, it's, it's, obviously it's our phones, right? But what if we reach for him? He would love to catch you. Amen.